good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Thursday, the 17th of March, 2022, and I'd like to start off by just wishing everybody a very happy St. Patrick's Day. Now, let's jump into the first story of the day, which is in relation to the Prime Minister and possibly not finishing his full term in government. Prime Minister Prayachanacha has for the first time refused to pledge that he will complete his term or outright deny the possibility of an early house dissolution before the official end of his tenure in March next year. When asked previously, the Prime Minister had indicated that there would be no early election and he would remain in office until March 2023 or beyond. General Pryat was responding to comments reportedly made by the Deputy Prime Minister Prawit Wangsuan during his meeting with representatives of small coalition parties on Monday. General Prawit is said to have told them the government needed the small party support until the apex summit in November, after which there would be a house dissolution with a general election early in the new year. The Deputy Prime Minister on Tuesday admitted he talked about the possibility of a house dissolution, but said it's just a personal opinion. The government would be at ease by then and he just thought the timeline made it suitable for a poll regardless of who would be at an advantage or disadvantage. House dissolution is for the Prime Minister alone to decide, he said. The Prime Minister also said it was speculation on General Prawit's part. We have talked, he told me, it's the Prime Minister who makes decisions, he said. Asked whether he intended to stay on to complete his term or would dissolve the House of Representatives after the APAC summit, General Prayut said he saw no reason to talk about that right now. It's up to me to make a decision. Why should I tell anyone in advance? The situation will be the deciding factor, General Prayut said. Everyone should put the country first, he added. The country survives and overcomes problems because the Thai people unite to fight whenever there are threats. But we now have been so divided and plagued with problems, let's think what we can do, General Prayut said. General Prawit confirmed that the leaders of the coalition parties, big and small, had been invited to a dinner with General Prayut tomorrow at the Raipruk Club in Bangkok. However, he said the Set Kachai Thai Party, the new home of 21 former MPs of the Palang Prachat Party, led by Tamanat Prampao, had not been invited because they had not elected a party leader. The party will be invited when they have a leader, he added. Asked whether there would be a chance for General Prayut to meet Captain Tamanat, General Prawit sidestepped the question. You are trying to pit them against one another, he responded. Asked whether he had been tasked with keeping these small parties happy himself, now that Captain Tamanat had defected, General Prawit said he had done so from the beginning and shook his head when asked if he was worried Captain Tamanat would try to take some small parties away from the coalition. Let's not talk about Tamanat, he said. General Prowitt also declined to say if there would be a cabinet reshuffle or whether the PPRP would field a candidate for the Bangkok governor's election. And moving along, Mastercard gears up for digital currency payment. Payments technology company Mastercard have been working closely with related parties everywhere, including Thailand, to prepare for the future of payments in which digital currencies will be a critical choice for consumers, said Aileen Chu, country manager of Mastercard for Thailand and Myanmar. 
Regarding Mastercard's vision for Thailand in terms of the future of payments, Miss Chu said that Mastercard's business starts and ends with people. People want to choose a payment method that's right for them, and what's right might differ for each transaction. What doesn't change is that people want choice in how they pay, and they want every transaction to be convenient, easy to use, safe and secure, she added. That has been the center of our strategy for several years now, giving people choice in how they want to pay in a fast, convenient and secure way. She added that globally, MasterCard is seeing accelerating interest in digital currency as a payment method for everyday purchases. We've been working closely with our customers, businesses and partners everywhere, including Thailand, to prepare for the future of payments in which digital currencies will be critical choice for consumers, Ms. Chu added. Last year, MasterCard announced a collaboration with Island Pay to deliver the world's first digital currency link payment card backed by the Central Bank of the Bahamas. The collaboration will enable people in the Bahamas to use an official digital currency called Bahamas Sand Dollar to make purchases via a prepaid card. MasterCard has also been working globally on transit payment solutions, which have been deployed in over 390 cities around the world, including Singapore, London, New York, Milan and Bangkok, she added. The Ministry of Transport launched the EMV, EuroPay MasterCard Visa, contactless payment system on MRT, blue and purple lines, on January 29th. Aileen Chu, country manager of MasterCard for Thailand and Myanmar, says MasterCard has always been focused on enabling a more connected world where everyone can have access to the best payment experience that is easy, seamless, secure and safe. This involved a collaboration between the Ministry, MasterCard, Bangkok Expressway and Metro, Mass Rapid Transit Authority of Thailand, Krung Thai Bank and other stakeholders to develop technical infrastructure to allow contactless cards to be used for payments within the Bangkok MRT network. As a result, all MasterCard prepaid and credit card holders can pay through tap-and-go at all MRT stations. MasterCard's commitment to its mission took a new urgency and important as COVID-19 highlighted the need for touch-free environments and experiences such as tap-and-go card payments as much as possible, she added. And moving along, Chiang Mai is to open the entire province to overseas arrivals. The Northern Province is seeking approval from the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration to reopen the entire province to new arrivals from other countries. Foreign tourists are currently allowed to visit only Muang, Cham Tong, Doi Tao and Mei Tang and Mei Rim districts and banned from entering 20 others. The Deputy Governor said on Monday the province planned to allow visitors to enter the 20 remaining districts ahead of the Songkran Festival to revitalise the tourism sector. The proposal will be submitted to the CCSA for approval on Friday, the official added. Mr. Sakchai said the province was aiming to give all residents a booster shot by the end of this month to be ready for the full reopening. Only 66% of Chiang Mai's 1.7 million residents have been administered with a third jab, according to the Provincial Public Health Office. The province logged 311 new coronavirus infections and no additional deaths last Sunday, figures that were announced in the CCSA report yesterday. The CCSA meeting on Friday is expected to relax restrictions and allow other activities to resume as the country prepares to enter a long holiday over the Songkran period next month. And that leads us also into another story in relation to alcohol now can be served until 11pm at events in Bangkok. The Bangkok Metropolitan Administration has announced the further easing of COVID-19 restrictions. Meetings, conferences and events can now be held in hotels, convention and exhibition centres and shopping malls until 11pm with alcoholic drinks allowed. 
Alcohol may be consumed at the event up to 11pm, but only in venues which meet the SHA Plus or the Tie Stop COVID-2 Plus standard. This BMA latest announcement, effective from Tuesday, is the 51st for the capital's COVID-19 measures. According to the 44th announcement issued on October 15, 2021, such venues were allowed to open only until 10pm with a ban on alcohol consumption imposed. The latest announcement is part of a gradual move to ease restrictions on businesses, with the previous one issued on January 22nd allowing eateries to serve alcohol until 11pm. The venues must, however, strictly comply with preventative measures as defined by the Public Ministry and the Thailand Convention and Exhibition Bureau. Event organisers must adhere to the limit of 1,000 attendees as specified by the BMA unless prior permission is granted by the BMA's health department. So just a couple of updates on Chiang Mai and Bangkok. Now just to clarify about Chiang Mai, the four districts that you're allowed to enter, now that's only for people who fly directly to Chiang Mai internationally. So for example, people coming from South Korea, which has direct flights, that is only for them. I mean, everybody else... You know, once you arrive in Thailand on the test and go, you can go anywhere you want in Chiang Mai. You're not restricted. It's only people who are flying direct from South Korea to Chiang Mai International Airport that this actually applies to. It's very odd considering that the country really is basically reopened and they still have very strange restrictions like this. It also makes me wonder about how they plan to get to the endemic stage by July, which, by the way, is only in four months. And if you look through the last show, we spoke about the different stages that they have to go through to get to that. I mean, some of these provinces seem to be just like six months behind other places in relation to the restrictions. So really, they're going to have to hurry up and they're also going to have to get their act together. One thing that I've noticed and today and we'll discuss, Vietnam is now reopening and I have a story about that coming up in a second. Uh, New Zealand have announced that they'll be fully open by May 1st, but only a PCR test needed prior to arrival so your negative pcr you know 72 hours like pretty much a lot of countries have thailand is is falling so far behind in terms of international arrivals and what you need to do to be able to enter the country i I really don't know what is going on now there's an awful lot of talk on thai twitter too at the moment and if you ever happen to be on twitter and look through it you'll see a lot of people are just confused by all of this thailand started off as a country that was in some way leading the way in reopening especially in Southeast Asia, and now they've just fallen behind everyone. I mean, they're at the back of the queue at the moment. And it's very, very strange for a country that is so reliant on tourism. Now, a country, by the way, which I have forgotten to mention in previous shows, and I'll mention now, is the Maldives. The Maldives are having a booming season. A couple of friends of mine who manage hotels there are reporting 98, 99% occupancy on 300 room hotels every night. I mean, that's fantastic for them. And they've really embraced the whole reopening and living with COVID there but it seems here in Thailand they seem content or at least the government seem content to languish behind everyone and I'm not sure that's a great strategy because at the end of the day people make advance bookings for holidays and people are not going to book advance for Thailand not knowing what the rules and regulations are so now people are looking and they're going well Philippines are open Cambodia Singapore Malaysia Vietnam Maldives Australia, New Zealand, these countries are all open. And Thailand has, what, the Thailand Pass still and the other things. They really need to get and speed up with what they're doing. Now, somebody and one of the uh, subscribers down here uh, pointed out that the current positivity rate since the Russians stopped coming to Thailand is 0.87%. Now, that falls into the category of removing PCR and rapid antigen tests according to the levels for endemic that the government have set. What's the holdup? 
it's okay to skip a level if things are improving. And I see that as maybe Thailand's Achilles heel in all of this is they just want to follow this step-by-step approach without looking at it and going, right, well, actually, we said less than three or less than three, oh, it's less than one percent now. So let's skip to that stage on that and we can move forward. I have been hearing, and as I said before, there is going to be good news in relation to PCR test being gotten rid of in the next one or two weeks, as far as I've been told. Now, as I've said, there is a big CCSA meeting tomorrow, so hopefully we'll hear more about that and what comes out of it. Of course, we will report on the show to you, but I have been hearing news that there is going to be some big news in relation to the testing, and hopefully that'll lead to the Thailand Pass just being scrapped completely. But nevertheless, we'll move on to the next story of the day. Vietnam welcoming tourists again, but quarantine testing rules are unclear. Vietnam is poised to welcome international travellers, but a lack of clarity on the rules of a wider reopening while the coronavirus is still ramping up is causing confusion. It remains unclear what kind of quarantine and testing rules the Southeast Asian nation will impose on foreign visitors when it reopens after a two-year closure. It doesn't help that Vietnam has been seeing a surge with daily cases averaging about 165,000 in the past week through March 14th. The tourism resumption was announced on February 17th with the government saying it would lift most curbs starting March 15th. Yet until now, the government hasn't issued specific guidelines. It said a month ago, the tourists must present proof of being vaccinated or having recovered from COVID-19 with a negative test result, and once landed in Vietnam, must undergo 24 hours of self-quarantine. In November, the country started allowing international travellers on group tours and only to select destinations provided they were vaccinated or they had recovered from the virus and can show a negative test result in the past 72 hours or less. While the tourism ministry favoured a quarantine-free broad reopening, the health ministry on March 1 proposed ordering tourists to undergo a three-day self-isolation. A day before the reopening, Deputy Premier Vu Duc Dam directed the health ministry to promptly revise regulations and requirements for foreign tourists and send a proposal to the tourism ministry by the end of March 14th. Still, there isn't a guidance available on government websites. The confusion doesn't help Vietnam's travel industry. Pam Ha, chief executive of Hanoi-based tour operator Lux Group, wrote in a March 9th opinion piece in VN Express International. Tourism accounted for 9.2% of GDP in 2019, rising from a 6.3% contribution in 2015, according to government data. Vietnam aims to host 18 million foreign travellers by 2026, matching the number of guests pre-pandemic, according to a report by Tutre. And following up on a story from last year, life sentence for murder of Swiss tourists. The Phuket court has sentenced Tirawat Tatip to death for the murder of Swiss tourist Nicole Savam Weisskopf at a waterfall in Muang district on August 3, 2021 and then commuted the sentence to life imprisonment. Savan Weisskopf, then aged 57, had arrived in Phuket under the Sandbox program. The court was told that Tirawat, also known as Bang Fari and Bang Ri, 28, had gone to Ao Yan Waterfall in Tambon Vichette on August 3rd to collect wild orchids and plants. On the way down, Tirawat came across Sauvignon Weisskopf, who was Deputy Protocol Chief of the Federal Assembly of Switzerland, sitting on a rock, dabbling her feet in a stream. She was wearing shorts and underskirt, and he became sexually aroused. With the intention of raping her, Tirawat walked up behind the woman and grabbed her in a choke hold. When she struggled, he forced her head into the water until she became unconscious. 
the court heard that Tirawat dragged her to the shore and stripped off her shorts and underwear. When he turned his victim's face up, he saw the woman's face had turned dark and with her tongue swollen out, he lost his sexual desire. Tirawat used a black plastic sheet he found nearby to cover her body and covered that with rocks. He searched her bags and stole 300 baht cash. Tirawat was arrested a few days later and charged with murder, attempted rape and indecent assault. The court found Tirawat guilty of murder as charged and sentenced him to death. The death sentence was commuted to life because he confessed to the crime. The attempted rape and indecent assault charge were dismissed. The victim's Swiss husband and two sons watched from Switzerland via the live teleconference on Google Meet as the Phuket court delivered its sentence on Tuesday afternoon. So that's just a follow-up of what happened last year. It was very, very big news. It led to Phuket pretty much screening every Thai person coming in and out of the province. And it highlighted the dangers for single travelers here on Phuket Island. It was positive that they did catch the correct person because at the beginning there was talk that they had captured a Myanmar man and a lot of talk had started to surface was this going to be the same thing as what went on in uh, Koh Tao with the murder of the British couple and framing some poor Myanmar national but it turned out that person wasn't arrested and then it was a Thai national who was eventually arrested and finally convicted of the crime. It's quite rare after these incidents that you really hear of the sentencing because I know of a number of cases where the sentencing has never been released and once this whole thing is over, you never hear about it again. It's refreshing, at least on this occasion, to find out that the guy was sentenced to life in prison and you know they've been fairly transparent with the whole process and I think that can be a positive that can be taken from all of this. The police handled themselves, in my opinion, quite well during this. They put all their effort into finding the person. And at the end of the day, I and most people are pretty confident that the guy that the guy that was convicted was the guy that done it. But that's just a little update on this whole story. And we'll move along finally to the Phuket News Daily Report. Phuket Tourism Suffering Under New Slew of Crises Phuket's tourism industry is unlikely to achieve the Tourism Authority of Thailand's target of 10 million visitors by year's end as it struggles to move forward while coping with delays in reopening the country to tourism under COVID, fallout from the Russia-Ukraine conflict and long-term problems that were inevitable. More turtle eggs laid north of Phuket. The head of Khao Lam Phi, Hat Thai Muang National Park, confirmed yesterday that a green sea turtle had laid over 100 eggs at the beach just north of the national park. And finally, Russian envoy working to aid vacationers. The Russian embassy in Bangkok is working closely with tourism authorities in Thailand to help accommodate the thousands of Russian tourists stranded here by airspace restrictions that are blanketing the region following the invasion of Ukraine. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.